Hello and welcome to the Lager Tops podcast with Remy, Jimmy and Maya. This week our main topic is going to be on the difference between lager and ale and we will also have a brand new feature, the supermarket suite. How is everyone, alright? Yeah, I mean, you know, things are starting to open back up lockdown wise. I'm not sure where we'll be by the time this goes out, but it's been nice to have a couple drinks in the park. Yeah, doing good. God, it's it's disgusting that that is still a thing. <laughs> drinks drinks the in the park. That is now the highlight of our social calendar. Hopefully not for much longer, as you say, but it just is ridiculous. But yeah, we're, the world we're in. I tried a new lager from my all-time fave base. Let me guess. Tiny Rebel. <laughs> How's that tattoo coming along you've got on your <laughs> hip? Which, which was the bump and grind? I think it's don't, called. Don't like, get that tattooed man- on your hip, for the love of God! I know it's called bump and grind, and it's like a mango and ginger lager. But I swear it says like pale lager, and it is delicious. Obviously, I like fruity and often quite sweet beers, but I think the ginger in it just really cuts through any sweetness that you're getting from the mango. So it's very good and I would highly recommend. And would you want to drink a lot of it or is it one of those where the first one you think, wow, this is really good, but by the end of the can you're thinking, I wouldn't go back for another one. I think as long as it's cold, I would go back for another one. It was suffering for being drunk in a park and it was the second beer that I drank. So it already dealt with us getting to the park, me drinking a beer before it, and then drinking it's that. Been, it's so been by the last end, hour in a carrier bag, warming nicely. Yeah. In the sweltering 14 yeah. degrees. <laughs> yeah. So I think as long as it was cold, yeah, I could do, I could drink more than one of it. It definitely wasn't doing well for going warm. Not bad. Not bad. Jim, how are you, mate? Yeah, not too bad. Had a good week. Drank a lot of vocation last weekend, which is a, a friend of the friend of the pod brewery we've talked about before. Had a lot of beer from them, but then uh, over the weekend, I've we went to we did some food shopping in Marks and Spencers, and because I'm a cheapskate, I got a load of their MNS own brand pale ales. Um, they reduced from two pound a can to one pound a can, so got to have um, I got one of each of all the flavours and worked my way through all four or five of them. I think there are. I can't remember. They were very very How were average, they? very which mm. you know to be expected really, but. Worth yeah. trying. The American Pale Ale was actually the, probably the one with the best flavour. They do like uh, they did a Pale Ale, an IPA, an American Pale Ale, and like this double hopped thing, which wasn't very nice. But yeah, the Pale Ale was all right. But yeah, very bang average. Again, sort of thing. You know, not offensive, but not the sort of thing mm. you'd be going. Oh, who make? And I, I even did have a quick look in the can to see if anyone actually brews it, but they didn't kind of say who brewed it properly fair enough what about you Ren? so i had the excitement of going for the aforementioned park drinks on friday night with a few colleagues first of all i'd like to mention there were a lot of youths about uh, i like that you don't think you fall into that category anymore at 29 i do think it's a stretch i'll be honest <laughs> and what i did was maya has been talking up amstel a lot recently saying that she <laughs> really liked amstel like, bigging it up from the rooftops <laughs> yeah <laughs> Banging the drum. You haven't been banging the drum on the pod, though, Maya. I mean, that's disappointing. I have. That's because Tiny Rebel have paid us some grand to make sure she only mentions them. (laughs) No, but in the Shandy's episode, I talk a lot about an Amstel Shandy and that that it's my favourite beer to have as a Shandy. Yeah, I mean, no brewery wants to be known as the Shandy beer. No one's out there going, yeah, we've made this beer, it's okay, but when you put some lemonade in it, it really comes into its own. (laughs) 
<laughs> no, it is very good on its own. I just, I do like it in a shandy. I mean, so I, I had it in a four pack, a couple of cans of that in the park. I thought it was fairly pleasant, innocuous. Uh, what was good as well was that it was, that it was only like 4.1%, which I was happy about kept it reasonable and then after i ran out of those my my friend kindly offered me a ghost ship Ooh, by adnams which which was a bit of a taste explosion when i'd gotten used to the amstel Paris. and then when i was a yeah and then when i was a little bit more piddled uh someone said to me remy do you want a stella and i said yeah go on give me a stella <laughs> and it was exactly how stella is in a can in a park it was the whole experience um. and then we were actually required to all leave the park because the police had to put a dispersal order in because of all the youths but not but specifically not you it was all the youths so it was, they came well, over and said but, not well, you i'd like to be clear there were about 500 youths in this park <laughs> And they had all gathered together as close as possible. And then when the, the police turned up, they started shouting and swearing at them. And I think that's kind of why the police started doing the dispersal order. I don't think it was the five young professionals who were talking about bullshit to do with gas and power uh, uh, that were pissing And off. what have your friends on the Daily Mail chat boards said about this incident? Why are you being like that? <laughs> <laughs> so after I was politely asked to disperse, I was like, no problem, Mr. Police Officer, I shall be I'll on my way. Disperse. And I got a bus. <laughs> yeah, I will happily disperse. Yeah, so that was kind of all the excitement. Uh, it's been an all right week. And those are the most exciting beers I've had. Apart from what we're going to launch into today. Yeah. You also tried a new Tiny Rebel beer. Oh, don't, last don't, Sunday. Don't pretend, I just forgot. because you're embarrassed. I did try. They released another one for the birthday Original, called Original Nutter. Nutter. And it's like a nut brown I've ale. I've seen that. I did not like the look of it. It's actually quite nice. It does exactly what it says on the tin. It's like sweet. It's nutty. It's a nut brown ale. The thing that is a bit of a mind melt, though, is that Tiny Rebel have, like, you know, ponced it up in their way. Yeah. So it doesn't look like it should be a nut brown ale. It looks like it should taste of, like, mango ice cream. But in all fairness, it was it was actually quite good. I wouldn't be able to drink a load of them in one sitting but if you really fancied like a nut brown ale and you had that you'd be pretty happy with it okay so for this week's main topic the difference between lager and ale i'm not entirely sure everyone really knows the difference they just make an assumption that ale is something that is warm and flat and is drunk by people in trekking sandals and lager is something that is cool edgy crisp clear and highly rewarding after a long session of team sport. <laughs> you've really big no up the lager solo there. sport here. <laughs> yeah, you've made lager seem really good. Yeah, I mean, generally, let's not forget lager is the most popular type of style of beer across the world, I guess. And also, the good thing about this is ale and lager are essentially the two main types of beer that you can get, and then the different styles kind of come out of Branch those two off columns of largely. Yeah. You, you're basically ticking virtually every box with yeah if it, something is either a lager or an ale yeah precisely quickly while we're doing this we've kind of got two beers and they're both an example or kind of classical example of of either type so we've got a lager which is the augustina hells from munich so it's about 5.2 percent hells is a bright light style of lager from around munich so bavaria and i think hell translate liter literally as something like bright from german to english augustine is pretty famous and this beer is i think is widely assumed to be one of the best sort of traditional lagers the whole brewery itself was established in like 1328 it was founded by monks they've still been going for a long time and apparently since 1987 they are the only october Oktoberfest brewery to serve from wooden barrels exclusively. The good thing as well, the kind of half the reason we chose this beer is not only is it kind of widely assumed to be a really good example of a classical Bavarian lager, but also lager 
started out in that area of the world, essentially. It's, it's also potentially my favourite beer of all time. And I, it is I would nice. tell anyone that hasn't had it to track it down and have it because it is like it's absolutely mm. genius. You can't go wrong. Yeah. You know, if, if you said to me, there's only one more one beer you can drink for the rest of your life. It would, and I am not a lager drinker in general, but I think it would probably be that bit because mm. it's inoffensive, but in the same way, it's not doesn't not have a flavour. Normally, if you say something's inoffensive, yeah, it's not boring. Yeah, yeah. It, it, you know, you could sit and yeah. drink it forever and not get fed up with the taste. I think definitely. And then on the other hand, we've got Feakston's Old Peculiar, which is a British dark ale. I guess you'd call it maybe potentially it being the old ale class. And the reason we chose this one is. It's a very famous style of sort of classical British ale. I think it it owes its origins from the 50s. And on their website, to quote them, they describe it as, It is something of which every Briton can be very proud and is the epitome of the greatest of British brewing tradition. See, when you sent your notes over, I just thought that was your comments on it. I thought that was. I thought you were just generally proud. You know, this is a British beer, I mean, and I'm a proud Britishman. I do bloody love this beer. I'll be honest. It probably owes its origins to stock beer, which were like really strong dark beers that brewers kept into the summer. So then they use small portions of those stock beer to create their summer editions, so that there'd be some consistency between the winter and the summer. It's about 5.6%, so it's quite strong. It has got a bit of a reputation if you have quite a few of being a bit silly juicy, and you can go a bit loopy. Theakston's itself was founded in 1827, so it's quite old anyway, although it pales into insignificance compared to the Augustina. According to Wikipedia, it is the 16th largest brewer by market share in the UK, and the second largest family-owned brewery behind Shepherd Neem. This beer did also win Camera's 2000 Silver Cask Medal, and yeah, it's just widely viewed as sort of classical Big Daddy Ale. I haven't mentioned all the awards Augustina's won because there are too many. There's loads. <laughs> I mean, the thing I found quite interesting when we were talking about this in the week was when Remy kind of said, oh, I want to do lager versus beer, you know, what beer do you want to drink? I immediately was like, well, you want to kind of go classic flavours, but not just, in my eyes, I want to go kind of like the, the most traditional beer. If you said to someone, not just this is what a lager is, but more this is how a traditional lager was. And Augustina, I think, is, is obviously that. It was quite an easy choice. But we actually struggled a lot more than I thought we were going to struggle to find. I kept saying to Remy, you know, surely there's a beer where they like an ale, an English ale, where they haven't changed the recipe since like the Middle Ages or something. But mm. we couldn't really track one down. Like we came up with a couple that kind of almost hit the nail on the head. But nothing I thought there'd be loads of beers out there like some sort of Banks beer or like almost like a Thiexen's, like, you know, who were saying we've been knocking this brew out for 200 300 years or something but it's just not really a thing which i'm quite surprised at really i think part of that might be the impacts of the two world wars Mm. because in those periods the government mandated that percentages had to go down dramatically and that led to a lot of styles either weakening or changing and we never really saw percentages creep back up until probably the craft beer movement so i definitely think there's part of that uh, that's that's probably impacted it. Yeah, but yeah, like Jim says, it was a bit weird given the wide variety of beer you can get in the UK and the kind of brewing tradition. I just couldn't. Yeah, kind of make it work. Ultimately, like you know, ale is indigenous, mm. and, and lager is something that was was shipped in. Even though we brew it, obviously now. I'm about to blow both your minds. Okay. I really like that. What the Thixons? Yeah. I was kind of watching it's you drink it. And... Hell of a drink. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I I must admit, I I think it's it's quite nice actually. I. It doesn't have any of the horrible hop taste and it tastes 
kind of like you know <laughs> that horrible hot taste that beer has made with hops how dare they <laughs> no but you know like that i hate that bitter hoppy taste that is in quite a lot of ales and, mm. and some lagers too doesn't have that and it it tastes kind of caramelly yeah. it's got like a bit of a it's like very malty dark it's roasted sugar yeah. yeah like a roasted dark sugar like like if you'd had you know like the really dark sugar you can get like if you just let that heat in a pan and turn to some sort of like caramel molasses mm. it's like that yeah. I really like it. Well, they they roast. So what they'll do is like a percentage of the malt they use, like percentage of the barley, they'll roast. So that like gets that caramelization, and mm. that's what will make it darker and also give you a bit of that. Mm. Really like and it. And Rem kind of said, "What do we know exactly what sort of beer it is?" You kind of said, "Oh, it might be like an old ale." Do they kind of describe it anywhere as a this is a or is it? No, they don't. On their website, they just say it was probably based on a stock beer. And it describes itself as the legendary ale because it's got quite a big famous following. So no, I mean, they just describe it as an ale. I guess you could argue maybe it's towards the old ale end of things, but I'm happy to just call it a dark ale. And what separates it from a stout? Because again, like Maya said, it's got the dark colour. Yeah. It's got the kind of malty, caramelly kind of flavour and smell to it. Like, if you put that down in front of me... I'd think it was a stout. Yeah, and didn't say, oh, what do you think that is? Even from even just looking at it, obviously, it's the dark colour of a stout. It's it's slightly ambery. It's not quite as black as a stout. I honestly don't know. Maybe that's something we should talk about in future episodes. From drinking it, and from a real amateur perspective, <laughs> it's kind of like thinner than a stout. It's the only way I can explain mm. it. It feels it feels less thick. It's not as coffee either traditionally. Yeah, yeah. it's not like a porter. No, yeah, it's not like it's not no. like having a dessert. Yeah. So maybe yeah. potentially it's number one the ingredients, and maybe there's like a lower percentage of like the roast roasted malts in it or something like that. This probably good idea for a future episode. How do we differentiate stout, porter, and dark beers? Bring it on. Coming soon to a podcast near you. I know, you're all <laughs> terribly excited. So, so many people just turned off then. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking yeah. hell, fell this. <laughs> There's a lot of bits and bobs to go through here with regards to the difference between lager, even though it's all quite fundamental. But what we're going to do is we're going to have a quiz to explain it. We love a quiz. Because I can't think of a format that will educate the listener and us. And educate me and Jimmy. Without it just being <laughs> one of us reading from the internet. So here we are. So what I've gone for is it's only five questions. Love a short quiz. I can't remember who won the last quiz. It feels like we've done about 12. I think it was I think it was Maya won the last one. Well, I definitely won the one in the IP. I think, I think it's I think Shandy? it's 2-1 to me potentially. Yeah, okay. I'm not but sure. I, I've lost I still track. cry myself to sleep at night over that loss. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't know where to go from there. Um <laughs> Let's crack on with the ale versus lager quiz then. Question one. Can an ale be fizzy, Jimmy? Yes. Okay. I would have also said yes there, purely just because of a lot of the IPAs that I like and drink are fizzy and they're ales. And Rem, where are you? Oh, you'll tell us the answer. Let's say, what, what is your source of the answer for this? Is it a verified source? A camera going to be on your case. Oh God, do you, do you expect me to fucking... I'm not going to reference everything. <laughs> Harvard referencing, please. I'm not going to reference... <laughs> In not, the description. It will not be referenced, I'm afraid. <laughs> I hope camera won't be on my case. That would be really disappointing. I don't think we've done anything to slag them off, but... 
I think we've been very careful around the beer mafia. Yeah. <laughs> Don't mention the mob. <laughs> okay. So, question number two. Which ferments at the top of the fermenta- fermentation tank? Which ferments at the top of the fermentation tank? A lager beer or an ale beer? I mean, I feel like Jimmy's going to know the answer to this, so I should answer first. Okay. Because otherwise, mm-hmm. I'm just going to copy him. <laughs> Not always an award-winning well, formula. Yeah. You can get bottom-fermented things, and you can get bottom-fermented ale. I've heard of bottom fermented ales more than i have bottom fermented lagers so i on that guess okay you're saying ale no i'm saying lager sorry so you're saying lager is top fermented okay jim i you know showing my lack of knowledge here i think maya is right (laughs) i'm gonna agree with her because (laughs) yeah i in all honesty i i am aware that obviously you have top of fermentation and bottom fermentation I couldn't really tell you which one's more. I, I think a, a, an ale is bottom fermentation and a lager is top fermentation. I can't. Yeah, that's what makes sense to yeah. me. Okay. Okay, so a lager again for Jim. It's top. Okay. Yep, yeah. yeah. Lager top. It's lager top. Lager top fermentation <laughs> is both of you saying. Okay, question number three. Which ferments at a colder temperature, lager or ale? I do know this one, or I think I know this one. Okay, no. I should go first then. Okay. Okay, so I feel like a moron because I don't. I have no idea. There's no morons in this. So We're on a voyage of learning. I learned a lot prepping for this. So they don't. So they don't ferment at the same temperature. It's not a trick question. <laughs> okay. Okay. So immediately, and I know that this is stupid, but my my brain is saying lager. Okay. Because you drink lager at a colder temperature. <laughs> I don't think that's stupid. I think you're following a sound. Logic. I, I, I think, um, yeah, I don't think that's a bad logic either, to be honest. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to say lager. Okay, Jim? I, I think lager is the colder fermentation. I can't remember, yeah. but again, it's not just because of Maya's logic, <laughs> but there is an element of truth to that. I'm sure there is something to do with the way it's fermented. Okay. And then question number four. What, what dates back the furthest that we have records of? Ale or lager? Uh, in other words, what, what came, came first? first? The chicken or the egg? Yeah, what came first? Ale or lager? As far as we are aware. What were those Egyptians drinking? They were drinking a kind of like weird porridge beer. It was beer. wine, wasn't it? No, they drank this like weird porridge beer, so they made it from like oats and stuff and fermented. So it wouldn't look like beer we assume to see now. It'd be like kind of almost porridgey, supposedly, from what I've read. Okay, I'm going to guess ale. Just because, and I realise that this is a stupid logic... But if I am right about lager fermenting at a colder temperature, refrigeration and being able to control colder temperatures, I know that people could obviously brew them in cold countries and that would be fine, will come in later. So I feel like ale, if it is at a warmer temperature, would have happened first. So I am going to guess ale. I agree with Maya. And finally... So we've said the same thing for everyone. So we're either going to draw... Or both lose. Well, it will all come down to this oh, right, one, okay. which is, which is the most popular in the UK, ale or lager? And to give you some context, where, where the only these, so what I had to do was the, the stats weren't great, so I went on YouGov and looked at the most popular beer and cider brands, and 
And whatever was the most popular. Remy, for the love of God, you better hope your employer never finds out about this podcast because they're going to really question the amount of work you put into your real job. (laughs) I get quite a lot of work done, thank you. I earn my keep more than... I've put in a Freedom of Information Request Act to the government about how many pints were consumed last year in venues at beer gardens. I've written to my local MP <laughs> and I've also followed up with this House of Lords. Uh, yeah, so what I've done is I've gone on YouGov <laughs> and I've looked at the most popular brands of, lo- of of beer and cider and whichever was the most popular one, whether it was an ale brand or a lager brand, I'm just going to say that's the most popular in the UK. So if it's an ale brand... The answer to this question would be ale. If it's a lager brand, I'm just going to say lager because I couldn't find reliable figures for the split between ale and lager, essentially. So I'm just going to use this. I'm aware it's a bit crude, but here we are. Okay. I'm going to go lager just because I feel like it's the most popular style worldwide. And I know that ale can be a very British thing, but I just think you're more likely to see someone turn up with a four pack of lager than you are with a four pack of an ale. So I'm going to go lager. But what about... Boddington's. In these mono- Are you going to say no, Boddington's? No, no. I was going to say, what about things like Brewdog? Yeah, but you've just said that you've taken this mm. from the most... From the, like, biggest supplier. Yeah. So well, it, I'm, just, I'm just putting it out there. So I just don't see how Brewdog would outsell... San Miguel. San Miguel or something mm. like that. And also, Brewdog sell a lot of lagers. So oh, you would, so you wouldn't be able to know from looking at that that that's an ale. Yeah. So yeah, I'm going to go lager. Okay, Jim? I'm also going to go lager based on your, the, your your prerequisite kind of the way you've you've looked it up. But I think because I think it's going to be the not Carlin, um, Stella, Stella or uh, Heineken potentially is the probably biggest. I think Heineken are the biggest beer producer in the UK. Whether that again because they own so many bloody brands, but I wonder if you did. There was some bizarre way of counting up the number of pints being drunk. I think if it was just in pubs, you'd find there's more lager being drunk. But I think if you in- include all the kind of beers sold in supermarkets, you'd probably, yeah. ale would probably outsell lager. Uh, I kind of agree with that. Um, I just couldn't find the metric no, yeah, it, 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 to reflect it. It's not it, impossible, but it, it, it's, it's difficult to kind of narrow that down. But yeah, I think definitely now, especially now you see so many people turning up with a four pack of... Whatever it is. Don- donkey piss, like... which is 12.3%. Yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. More of it's going to be ale. Well, okay, I got cool. a four-pack of vocation in our Tesco. The yeah, other day. Tesco are going quite big on vocation. They've, they've got like a big vocation section. I'm excited to try that. It's like a juicy, what it's called, like hop juice something. Yeah. I don't know. You, and you love the taste of hops. So if it's, if it's literally <laughs> hop juice, that's right up your alley. <laughs> Okay, <laughs> let's run through the quiz then. So did we literally answer the same for every for every question? Yeah. Yeah, you did. It's going to be a really fucking boring result. <laughs> anyway, okay, so the first question was, can ale be fizzy? And you both said, yes, it can be fizzy. And that is correct. Oh my God, Jimmy, imagine if we get every one right, though. So Remy needs to stop his quiz game if that's the case. Cause... Lager is generally a lot more carbonated but ales can be mildly fizzy, especially if sometimes if there's been some conditioning in the bottle or whatever, 
because there's still live yeast going in there so they're still producing carbon dioxide basically so that still keeps it all fizzed up but usually the carbonation in lager is a lot more aggressive because lager's stored for longer and, and the, the carbonation essentially occurs in the storage process but yeah they can vary but generally as a rule they both can be fizzy but it's just a bit more aggressive in a lager beer essentially. yeah like i've never had a flat lager it's an asset well you, yeah you may have but you wouldn't have by choice yeah <laughs> yeah, it, it, yeah yeah it's it's yeah. an essential for a lager to be fizzy it's not for essential for a an ale to be fizzy mm. precisely okay question number two which ferments at the top of the fermentation tank so you both put lager and you're both wrong oh. there you both shouldn't have followed my logic jimmy you're it's, both it's, a rogue, it's a rogue track <laughs> oops okay so essentially there are two types of yeast here so there's a lager yeast and an ale type yeast and obviously there's loads of different yeasts in those two sections but you use one of the two branches to brew either or and ale yeast tends to sit at, sit at the, at the top and a lot of fermentation occurs at the top that's why if you see some pictures of breweries or whatever there's like a big frothy head mm -hmm. on top of the fermentation tank and that is all the ale yeasts doing the carbonation and doing the fermenting so can you brew them both in the same tank not together. together. Yeah, I was like, I'm very confused. No. Whereas lager, lager yeasts actually descend to the bottom. And they do that because of something referred to as flocculation. Where That's what she well, said. Essentially, it, in the fermentation process, they're in the liquid, blah, blah, blah. They're fermenting away. Uh, but lager yeasts tend to group together and like almost form flakes. And those flakes sink to the bottom or they're further down the tank. So a lot of the fermentation actually happens lower down in the tank. So lagers are bottom fermented generally and ales are top fermented. Please, could you do the little yeast fermenting dance that you just did then again? <laughs> I'm the yeasts. I'm, I'm popping around. I'm an ale yeast. I don't want to know any of the other yeasts. I'm just happy pumping away, making flavours, making flavours and carbonation. I'm at the top. I'm frothy. And then some guy with like a big spoon just comes and like scrapes you off the top and, yeah. flip. and saves you for the next batch. Yeah. <laughs> and then I'm the lager yeast. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm fermenting away. I'm, I'm creating cri some, some crisp flavours. And I see some of my mates and I'm like, oh, come on, lads, let's do this together. Uh, and I get stuck with them and I, and I sink to the bottom. So question number three, which ferments at a colder temperature? So you both said lager and you both are correct. Woo! So essentially ale yeasts, they like things when they're warmer, whereas lager yeasts are actually more suited to cooler temperatures and that's when they sort of do their processes at the best. But what that interesting thing is that the colder temperature means that whilst those particular strains of yeast are still working away and doing their thing, it means what they do do is a bit more muted. And actually when ale yeast, it's a bit warmer, they're a bit more crazy active, they tend to produce a, lot, a, a much wider range of flavours. So that's why, as a general rule of thumb, a lager is seen as a crisp, clean finish with a little bit of maltiness or hoppiness or whatever it is. But the focus is on being crisp, clean and refreshing, whereas an ale, the broad church that it is, tends to be a bit more of a slap in the face. Uh, regardless of what type of ale it is. Okay, so question number four. What came first, ale or lager? You both put ale, and that is correct. Woo! So, a kind of like the first ever ale recipe 
that's ever been documented is actually in the Epic of Gilgamesh, Ooh. Uh, which is from ancient Mesopotamia, somewhere between that classic 2100 and 1200 BCE. That's very, very vague aging there. Whereas Laga probably dates back to around the 1400s, and it was discovered in Bavaria by some monks, because the monks did most of the big... This is from 1300, though. The brewery's from 1300. Did oh, I say the, the beer, beer was from? Sorry. But the beer's basically yeah. that old. Yeah, almost that old. Basically, there are a bunch of monks knocking about, and in the summer particularly, they realised that their beers were really victim to rogue strains of yeast. So they'd have their, like, core yeast, and they wouldn't know it's yeast at the time, obviously. They didn't really understand it, but they knew there was this stuff that fermented and created good beer. But the problem is you've got all these tanks in the summer when it's really hot, so there's loads of other organisms flying about. And if they're fermenting at the top, all these other organisms would come in and essentially ruin the brew. The wild yeasts. Yes, exactly. Or, or maybe they didn't ruin the brew, but they'd make the brew different. different to the last one. So they thought, okay, how can we kind of solve this? So they thought about maybe, because it was worse in the summer, it's, it's temperature linked. So they started moving their tanks down into the caves underneath the Alps in the summer, where it was a lot cooler. And when they could get ice, they'd pack the ice in around them. And essentially, we think that's when they kind of accidentally discovered lager yeasts. So it dates back to around then, essentially. And that's where we get lager from. What a fantastic discovery. One of the best. Well, yeah, literally one of the best. (laughs) And what they realised as well is that the fermentation process took a lot longer with these colder these like colder friendly yeasts and that's where it's called lager because like to lager is like to store yeah. in german but yeah it's quite interesting big up the monks okay yeah, so monks have done mon- western europe monks are like the main drivers a lot of of, of brewing throughout the middle medieval period they're like the main drivers of like brewing technic you know why that is don't you celibacy celibacy <laughs> they can't have fucking sex <laughs> Okay, thanks for that. Sorry to our Catholic uh, and other religious f- listeners. And then question Yeah, to be five. fair, we've got a genuine Catholic as one of the three a of us. A token Catholic. Okay, and then finally, which is the most popular in the UK, ale or lager? As I said before, this is based on a YouGov poll surrounding the most popular brand uh, because I couldn't get uh, the, enough metrics and data for other bits and bobs. So you both put lager and you're kind of right. You'd have been right with lager or ale. Oh. Believe it or not. Because of Guinness? Yeah, so YouGov survey... I was going to say, what about Guinness? Yeah, and the survey, the only survey I could find was a YouGov survey about the number of people saying they had a positive view of a brand. 51% of people surveyed had a positive view of Peroni. Jesus. And 51% of people surveyed also had a positive view of Guinness. Now, this data is from about Q420, I believe. I don't like Peroni. I'm. I think Peroni's exploded lately, and I don't. I don't necessarily have an issue with it, but I think it's been ponced up a time. I think Peroni is distinctly average, and I think bars like to get Peroni on draft because they can feel they can charge a fucking premium for it for absolutely no reason whatsoever. Very normal. Like normally, if you're in a bar, Peroni will be unless it's some. You know, it's got bloody beaver town or something if it's kind of a general mm. log you know your list of lagers prony will be the most expensive thing on draft now it might be that that yeah. it is the most expensive beer to buy i don't know but i don't think it's worth i remember when i used to work in a part bar 10 years ago it was like five pound and 10 pence for a pint of prony which is ludicrous money you could buy like 
a, a sort of craft bottled beer for the same price that will be way nicer. Amstel, Cronenberg and Stella are all better than... Won't come in a massively tall glass, though. That is the selling point. Yeah, I swear a lot of it is the glass. Absolutely. Everyone's a sucker for glassware. The selling of like the supposed Italian chic as well in the summer. Okay, so that was a draw for all. You largely largely know your ale from your lager, to be fair. I would like to say that I actually like didn't know any of this before and it was just some great guesswork. I think there was some quite interesting logic that made sense. (laughs) Cold to cold, I think it kind of all made sense. Yeah, should we quickly have a sort of a review of the two beers we've been supping on? Yeah. Do you want to start with the Augustina? Mine are basically fully supped. There's nothing left to sup. So, Beer Advocate reckon Augustina is 93 out of 100. and from, That's high. Yeah, out of the anecdotal evidence I collected, most people seem to think it's crisp, clear, it has a bit of a sweetness to start, and then a bit of maltiness and a slight hoppiness. And untapped put it at 3.65 out of 5. I actually thought the untapped was a lot lower. Yeah, I thought that was very low. When you showed me that earlier, I was like, that is harsh. Yeah. Yeah, I really, really like this lager. It's not an overbearing taste, but it also doesn't... Taste of nothing. Yeah, Yeah. it's not like carling. It's kind of hard to... I, I I struggled to describe it earlier. It's not got an overpowering taste. It has a bit of a malty, a bit of a biscuity kind of taste to it. But for me, it does just taste of like refreshment. I know that sounds ridiculous, but... Does it have sugar in it? No, it's full Reinheitsgebot. So it shouldn't. It should literally only have water. It it complies to the Bavarian beer laws, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. For a lager that, that doesn't have that... You know, you think about a lot of the industrial lagers, which obviously have... Yeah, here you go. It's uh, only got water, malt, and then hops in it. Yeah. You think about a lot of the industrial lagers that we've tried in previous episodes, and a lot of the sweeter ones was were sweet because they had glucose in. You know, same with the yeah. Carlsberg Special Brew was sweet because of glucose. So for this to be this level of sweetness without that, I think is really good because it, it, the only way I can des- describe it is that it tastes more like naturally sweet, whereas with those ones, they taste artificially sweet. Jim, do you want to wax lyrical about it? I think I already have. I mean, yeah, it's, it, I mean, yeah, it's, a, very, out, it's a buoyant you? beer, it's a light beer. I mean, considering it's 5.2%, it doesn't feel... doesn't taste doesn't like that. It doesn't taste like it. It's refreshing. I just, yeah, I think it is, it's a cracking beer. You know, I think it is... Um... Especially when you first, the first sip of Augustina in your sitting, it's surprisingly citrusy. And it doesn't maintain that all the way through, but it's still like, a, a, there's like an element of very slight. Yeah, and that kind of keeps it mm. honest. And I think after that, it is very refreshing. Like I can't, like it seems to like cut through however you're feeling. And I do think there is kind of like a slight breadiness to it. Yeah, that bis- biscuity, nice. multi... Yeah. Yeah. So generally, I think we're all giving Augustina Hells a thumbs up. I'm not sure if anyone in the world has put their head above the parapet and said it doesn't deserve a thumbs up. Anyone agree? Considering the three of us actually have quite like I know your guys' taste in drinks is more similar than mine, but really the three of us do have quite a different taste. Absolutely. In I, beer, yeah, mm. I'm yet to. I don't think there's anyone I know that you can give this to who has gone. Actually, it's not for me. I think if you don't if you don't yeah, really yeah, like it's... beer, it's all right. If you do like beer, you can appreciate it, even if it's not your jam. Like you can just appreciate that it's a good beer. Yeah. Okay. And how do we feel about the old peculiar? So the old peculiar scored eighty nine out of hundred on Beer Advocate with the notes anecdotally used 
kind of just saying that it's a ruby coloured, almost bordering on stout sometimes, very nutty and caramelly. And a few people as well I noticed kind of mentioned that it was almost like raisiny. And yeah, on the website already on the website they do mention dark cherry. Yeah. Yeah. And then also untapped it got three point six one out of five, which again, much like the Augustina I thought was 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 low for this beer. Do people ever give anything five on untapped? Okay, so what do we think about this? Jim, what do you recommend? I actually think it's really good. I must admit I can't remember the last time I ever had this. I don't I think I have had it before on draft. I've never had it out of the bottle before, but I haven't had it for mm. a long time. When I poured it out and saw the colour of it, I thought, oh my God, this is gonna be hard going. But as Maya said partway through the show, I, I think it's really nice. It is like I genuinely I stick by if you gave this to me and didn't tell me what it was, I would bet my, all my everything that it was some form of stout. You know, it's obviously not a Guinness or a Murphy's, but I would. Hmm. It loses the head, but the flavour. It's a lot sweeter. Yeah, the flavour, the colour. I think it's really sweet. Yeah. Especially after. So I've just basically downed my Augustina House and like moving to this. This somehow tastes even sweeter. Oh, 100%. I think it's 100% sweeter than the Hells. Yeah. And would you say generally it's got a lot more going on than the Hells? Mm. Yeah. I, I don't think. I think the Hells is, um, is a nice flavour, but I would have. I would say it's. It is a bland flavour, but it's a nice bland. Yeah, I'm not saying that the Hells is worse or the Old Peculiar is better. I'm trying to say, is there just more stuff going on in the Old Peculiar than maybe in the Hells? What I am going to say is that I think that for me, looking at this, looking at the bottle, looking at the branding, looking at it poured into a glass, this is everything that I'd be like, I'm not going to like that. That's going to taste too much. It's going to be a thick ale. Do you know what I mean? It's not going to be a bit of you, yeah. Yeah, but I think the shock of drinking (laughs) and it not being like that. But it, yeah, it's really quite sweet. I agree with the raisiny comment because it it kind of tastes a bit like dried, the way that raisins taste. I don't know how to explain it. So hard to explain taste. Yes. On an an, An audible format. But yeah, I mean, the texture... If you can just talk about the texture of a liquid. <laughs> the texture of a liquid, to me, feels like Coke. Like, it's thin. Like, n- a non-sugared Coke. It's it's not thick like a lot of ales. Especially um, considering the percentage. We've spoken before yeah, about how low-percentage beers feel thin. And this is a, yeah, a relatively high-percentage beer. But it definitely feels thin. Definitely sweet and caramelly. I, for me, I wouldn't particularly say nutty. I'd say it's definitely more sweet, caramelly, raisiny. And yeah, I would like order this in a pub now that I've had it. But going into this, if you, if we'd have been at the pub and you'd have said, I'll get us two pints of Old Peculiar. Or, or if you'd seen Remy drinking it and gone like, yeah. do you want one of these? You'd be like, no. Yeah. It's interesting. So you both kind of mentioned it. And I didn't, I, I'm a bit worried I led you down the garden path, but... The fact that there is a lot more going on in the Old Peculiar, again, links back to the fact that the ale yeasts ferment at a warmer temperature and they create more bits and bobs, where the lager yeasts are at a colder temperature and they're more about like crisp, clean finishes. Mm. And again, this kind of in these two is like a prime example of that. I personally love this beer. I've loved it ever since I first had it. It is better on like cask. I do feel quite drunk. Yeah, well, this, a couple of these will send you well on your way. It is better on cask, especially with a, a spigot. Mm. Excellent. It's very hard to get in the south, Don't though. forget the spigot. If you're from the north, you need to bring a spigot with you when you come to the south. Yes. Uh, and I, I just love this beer, yeah. it's. I think what's good about it is 
it is quite sweet and caramelly and usually I actually don't like those things but what saves it is it's still quite bitter and as you say it's a bit thinner mm. you know sometimes you get those like strong caramelly beers and it's like drinking syrup oh yeah I know what you mean this somehow avoids that and and is got a bit of a whack on the 5.6% what I would say is having been there and and, and got the t-shirt a few times with regards to around eight old peculiars of an evening. Headache. Yeah, I'm not... I, I don't really think... That doesn't appeal to me at all. Like, if you said to me, oh, do you want another one? I'd go, yeah, yeah. Do you want another three, four, five? No, I'll be all right. Yeah, I don't think I could drink that many. You're, you're saying that now because it hasn't got to you. I'll have the... Uh, but once you've had two... I'll be grand. I mean, that's only that's five point two. So at the same time, that it's certainly not light. But yes, so I would be wary of this if of an evening because it will give you a hell of a hangover. And I once did buy a friend of mine several of these, even though I know he likes mass-produced lager, uh, and he was a bit sick when he got home. A bit sick. Yeah. He was a bit sicky in in his hands. And all in all fairness, bless him, very well mannered until he could get to us. He ca- he uh, carried it for three miles. <laughs> Yes, the three miles. Uh, one last thing I probably would like to mention on this as well is the name Old Peculiar. So it's named after that because there was an official called the Peculiar of Masham from sometime in the Middle Ages, I think. Or maybe it wasn't Middle Ages. Maybe it was 1741. I don't know. But it was a while ago. And basically the Peculiar in Masham, which is a village in Yorkshire, was like the Archbishop of York, like representative in the local area essentially. And for some reason they call it peculiar. No idea why one of those weird English medieval, weird, one of those weird British medieval that, things. That we so. love so much. Thank you for that. Yeah. Jim, have you, I mean, it's a thorough thumbs up from me. What about you, mate? Yeah, I'll, I'll give the old peculiar a thumbs up. I'll happily say that the two beers we've drank today have been probably, in terms of at, like the beer average, the best beers we've drank so far in the series. Yeah. Especially widely available yeah. i know augustine is like harder to get but if you were in europe it's not <laughs> so like you can get old peculiar anywhere now really you can get it in the supermarkets but augustine you can is harder to get but it, in most like bottle shops or craft beer shops because they love the germans they will have it in there because it is like the big daddy so it is easier to source but it i would say a lot of those shops do rip people off for augustina admittedly i don't run an import business so i have no idea what tax they pay well i paid three pound thirty a bottle for my bottles just to round off ale or lager i'd love to hear from you guys gun to your head ale or lager remy that is a hard question because there's so many you know, lager and ale both cover—they kind of cover all manner of sins, really. Yeah, but, but instinctively, that. if I saw, if I'm at a pub or a bar or whatever it is, and there is a cask ale on and a lager beer, nine times out of ten, I will have the cask ale. So you're going ale, Jimmy? Ale, I'm as well. And again, I'm a bit more relevant than Remy. I'm not. <laughs> I'm including in my list uh, craft beer, which I I put in the ale category. As far as I'm concerned, if I'm at a bar and I'm seeing cask ale, lager or craft beer, I'm probably going to have a craft beer rather than, you know, and I I, normally that would be a craft ale. Like a cask seven brothers or something like that, or a keg seven brothers or a keg location or whatever, compared to like black sheep, best bitter or something like that. Yeah, yeah. And again, for me, as we've discussed before, it depends on the situation. And certainly in my eyes, it depends on the weather. I I yes. don't really... Yeah. But Jimmy, what about if you've been playing a team sport? Oh, it's obviously going to have to be a lager. <laughs> <laughs> it's the only thing that will... You know, you could have a Lucas Aid or you could have an industrial lager. So 
I'd pick lager. Thanks for asking. <laughs> <laughs> Maya, what would you drink? Ale lager. <laughs> Don't even bother answering. I'd pick lager. So that's interesting. And again, shows the kind of three different perspectives points we're coming at this from. Remy, you will always pick a kind of cask, bitter, ale, old man man beer. Jimmy loves a craft. I'm young. I'm fresh. I'm exciting. Whereas I will usually pick a lager. I mean, I'd obviously prefer probably more of like a craft lager than like a Heineken or something like that. But I do actually like a Heineken. So not going to shit on that too much. But yeah, I will always pick the lager or the Pilsner over an ale. And I mean, one thing I would like to round this off on as well is... The craft scene has moved on to doing experimental things with lager. But I think there sometimes can be a bit of snobbery about lager. And actually, that's completely unnecessary. Mm. Because what it does is exception. When you have a good lager, it is great. Oh, yeah, 100%. Lager ticks a lot of boxes. And there's a reason why it's yeah. the most popular type of beer on earth. Because, you know, and, and, and snobbery is... There's never any need for snobbery in any situation. Certainly when it comes to beer. Because ultimately, it all does the same thing. Just, you yes. know, there's only one reason, really, at the end of it you're going to drink a lot of beer. Okay, so we've gone through the magical journey of the difference between lager and ale, and now we're on to the brand new feature, Supermarket Sweet. Uh, this feature is all about matching beer to potentially awkward social situations. So one of us will come up with a cringeworthy situation, and then within the confines of the supermarket, we need to purchase a beer we believe would suit this event. This week it is meeting your partner's overbearing and overly masculine father for the first time at his house for dinner. What beer are you going to bring? So I have picked Shepherd Neem 1698. Now, there are a number of reasons why I picked this beer. Now, I'm going to say some things that are potentially a little bit offensive here, and I do not mean them in an offensive way. They are just my opinions, but like the kind of overly masculine, blokey thing, I really relate to people from the southeast. What? Excuse me? <laughs> Which I know you're both from, so I'm We're sorry. Not cockneys. But like <laughs> <laughs> But like to me that like blokey bloke he's like you know you know like when mickey flanagan does the like cockney accent and he does that bit where he walks around all like rah, 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 it's a cockney walk. do you think we're like the cray twins <laughs> <laughs> anyway so from this from this brief i decided that i definitely wanted to pick a southeast brewery <laughs> are you referencing the kind of stereotype of like white van man yeah thing? you went yeah. thick I'm... flabby arms uh, tattoos <laughs> now for me <laughs> this ale while i was just looking at the shelves and also bear in mind that i'm coming at it from a very different point of reference of you guys i i haven't drunk most of these things so i'm not coming at it from the point of view of knowing what it tastes like so being like i'm going to recommend a beer i'm coming at it from okay this is this is the brief I've been this given is what, what blokes buy. like to drink <laughs> basically yes i looked at this bottle i saw it was shepherd name I know Shepherd Neem is a Southeast Brewery. I was like, okay, tick. It's got three lions, like the three lions logo <laughs> on the front. Can't, can't was... go wrong. <laughs> if a beer had had like the West Ham logo, would you have bought that one? No, because I wouldn't know what that was. Okay. But I know the three lions, despite being Welsh. You know, I'm, I know the three lions. So, You're not that insular. Yeah. <laughs> I saw the three lions. I saw it was Southeast. I was like, yeah. 
And then it said the words strong ale. And I was like, yeah, here we go. This this is it. This is the so one for me. It's, it's a very masculine looking bottle. You know, it's very, it's all like, there's no colour on it. It's literally black and That's white. That's the way we like it in England. It's bottle conditioned. And I thought it just looked classic. And I thought, do you know what? If you were turning up first time at a pinch, meeting meeting an overbearing, overly masculine father. What what percentage are we talking about? It's 6.5%. Okay, fair play. So I fucked myself and here because we all have all, to drink our own it, drink. It, no jo- all jokes aside, I actually think it's a very nice design. Genuinely. Take the bloody Kent bollocks out of it. The 1698, <laughs> the label, I think it is done. It's very classic. Do you know what I mean? That that beer could have been out 50 years ago, 100 years ago, and it would look the same. I like that. Yeah. Do you know what made me pick it was, I thought it was a bold choice, but it was also like classical. I wasn't turning up with like something that was like fanny assing about with hops. Do you know what I mean? Because the, the kind of overbearing, over masculine father trope to me He's not going to want to drink. Some, You're having steak you know, and chips, citrus, or pie. Yeah, and mash. exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Maya, I want you to open that and have a have a sniff and a drink. Oh, <laughs> what's yeah. that? Nothing. That's, don't worry about it. It looks like mold. Oh yeah, that that's what we do in the Kent. It looks like mold. <laughs> well, there, is, there is something genuinely a bit weird. This beer. Wow. Well, it's from 1698. Right. But the key thing is, it's when you opened it, so you knew it was sealed. Yeah. So you don't need to worry about that. Okay, so having never had this beer before, it's lighter than I expected. Mm-hmm. In in oh, colour, not in not in not in yeah. weight. It smells hoppy as fuck. Okay, and what do you think about that? Sixteen ninety eight. I think I'm too drunk because it tastes fine. Oh my god. Okay, well, just <laughs> just to give you some perspective. Moving on. I, no, no, I actually don't mind. Out of all their beers, okay, I don't mind sixteen ninety eight. I've banged on before about how I like Master Brew, Master Brew, Master Brew, whatever it is. I like. We're that. from the south. It's kind of like, yeah, that's bloody good. That's good stuff. I like that. Bishop's Finger Spitfire. Shit. Fucking awful. Sixteen ninety eight sits better than Bishop's Finger and Spitfire, but not as good as Master Brew. I actually don't think it's that bad. I think it's perfectly palatable. It's quite metallic. And what's the story of the name of 1698? Do we know? 1698 bottle conditioned Kentish strong ale is a living product which continues to ferment in the bottle. Oh, that would be why there's that. This creates a natural sediment just like the real... Only local hops, malted barley, glucose, syrup. Mm, We're on downhill slope. Oh, okay. Basically, it doesn't tell you why it's 1698. Apparently, it's thrice hopped, though. Yeah, um, I mean, it's fine. It tastes like an ale. I'm assuming it's 1698 because that's the year Shepherd Neem dates back yeah, to. Yeah, yeah. I'm guessing it's just an old recipe. Do you know what? I stand by my decision. It's a it's a bloke's ale. It's a strong, blokey ale. Okay, you've turned up there with your partner. This overly masculine, overbearing stereotype. You think he's going to react he's, well? He's got it? sausage fingers and his, his whole hand is in, you know, all right, in your cup. Hey, go. Your hand yeah, is... he's basically taken your entire chest off with his sh- handshake, and he's got like a gold ring on. And it's a signet. It's a signet. The... Yeah, it's a, it's, big a, chain, it's a signet. Like a big, blokey. Yeah, a big chain. It's basically. And also, he's, he's James Gandolfini in The Sopranos. Is who we're talking about here. <laughs> but apparently, he's from the southeast. Medway. Yeah. <laughs> you think he's? I think he'd like that. I think if he's from Medway, like you've just said, he'd be like. Okay, she's taking the time to get me a Kentish ale. How sweet. It's strong. She knows I can handle it. I'm a bloke. I'm strong. Thrice hopped, fucking five hop me. I'm a bloke. I can handle it. Martin Soprano from Medway. 
is actually a big <laughs> fan. <laughs> okay. Rem, do you want to go next? Yeah, I'm, I'm happy to go next. I've not gone out there and tried to one-up the man. I think, you know, you, you play a dangerous game sometimes with people like that, who probably I don't naturally see eye to eye with. I don't necessarily believe that this individual is from the southeast. to be clear. It could be from anywhere. Could be from anywhere in the world. But I'm aware of these people in and life. And have you, have you uh, ever had to deal with one before? Because I find this quite an interesting concept. In the in the context of this, that type of person is like an overbearing, overmasculine father. In-law. No. In-law, not just father. Father-in-law. Sorry, father-in-law, no. In the terms of have I ever had to deal with overly masculine, overbearing men before, then yeah. <laughs> uh, but it's not Every been in that Every day of context. my life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. As I've said, I've not had to deal with this directly before, but the way I kind of deal with people like this normally is you could confront them. You could try and one-up one up them. But can can I guess honest, what I you've brought? Really what, what do you think I've brought? Well, no, I can see the back of the bottle. So it's obviously, yeah, I, think, I know it's an ale. Yeah, what do you think I've brought? I initially thought you might have brought Timmy Taylor Landlord okay. or a black sheep. Yes. <laughs> yeah, and what do you think I've got? Uh... The, from the laughter at the black sheep, I think it might be a black sheep. It's Timothy Taylor. Oh, it landlord, is a landlord, actually. is it? Yeah. yeah. Because you know what? You can take these people on up front if you want, but you're only playing into their hands. They'll just get aggy about it. Should you pander to them? No. You should just give them nothing. You should give them the scorched earth policy so that their chat just dies out. But what I would say is, Timothy Taylor landlord, I know it's got its detractors, but I actually think it's quite a nice classical pale beer, and it's literally called Landlord. Which blokey bloke is going to have an issue with that? It's a proper beer. It's available everywhere, and it's delicious. See, I personally think you've just gone for a beer you like. Yeah, I think that too. You're like, look. your attitude has been, look, I'm not going to see eye to eye with this bloke. He's clearly a dickhead. I've never met him, but <laughs> I've heard him on the phone on loudspeaker, the way he talks to her. He's clearly a dick, so I'm just going to bring a beer at least I'm going to like. doesn't matter what I'm going to do. He's not going to like it, but I'm going to have a good time. Well, this beer, I thought, number one, I do like it, so that's great. But also, he can't have an issue with it. Unless he's a lager-drinking lout. But you've just bought him a generic, easily accessible ale. We were in the supermarket. What was I supposed to get him? I don't know. Shepherd Neem, 1698. <laughs> Which is... <laughs> I've had something that I like, but because of the branding and because of the heritage of it, they can't really have an issue with it. Fair play. So you could also... Unle unless they as... don't drink ale. In which case... Yeah. So whilst I've kind of been boisterous about this, I've thought about it more. It does just sound like I'm being a bit weak here. <laughs> <laughs> You've had uh, a because, long, hard look at yourself. Because it turns out I don't like confrontation. <laughs> yeah. Especially with people I know I'm probably not going to like in the first place. I've also realised I've re repeatedly used the phrase, these people. And you'd like to apologise for all the above. I don't want to apologise for it, but also I'm not proud of what I've said. Let's put it that way. All right. Shall we swiftly move on to mine? Yeah, I mean... Just let me do a quick taste of this. You know what it yeah. tastes like, Remy. You mm. drink that regularly. Oh, it's delicious. Yeah. <laughs> surprise, fucking surprise. As opposed to what you've done, I, I've gone down the Maya route of I'm I'm Neville Chamberlaining this and I'm appeasing these. <laughs> and I went with... <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, you have yeah, not. Yeah, I've gone with delirium. <laughs> You could argue you've you've won up them. Yeah, I've gone. Well, look, I'm going to outmasculine you here. <laughs> I'm going to get the strongest beer I can find in a supermarket, and I'm going to drink you under the table, or I'm going to pass out <laughs> trying. It's so strong it doesn't come in glass. It's it it comes in ceramic or whatever this is. 
plaster, I don't know, brick, whatever it's made of. Um, it's a Belgian beer. I mean, the other thing is, there is a lot of talking points about it. So if we're lo- we've got nothing to talk about, because obviously we don't see eye to eye, we can we can talk about the fact that it's Belgium, it's strong, and it's not glassware. I think that's... It's got an elephant it's got, on it's it got as well. It's quite pink unique. elephants. But yeah, I've, um, I must admit, I've not really had this before. I think I might have had it like once, like years ago. So I'm quite excited to give it a try. That was obviously another selfish thing. I thought, well, if I'm going to try a beer that I'm, I'm going to give it a go. I didn't do a full mire and pick a beer I was obviously going to hate. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's 8.5%. So fuck oh. you, Maya. I've got the strongest beer. <laughs> And yeah, and also, I looked it up earlier on their website. I'll get it up now because obviously, oh my God, it's so frothy. So <laughs> when companies, and we've, we've talked about this before, that whenever people talk about the beer, they come up with loads of nonsense about, you know, you can get pine leaves in the flavour. And you're like, no, I can't. Mm. They don't mess around with anything like that. So the colour and sight, this is pretty standard. Pale blonde, the fine and regular sparkling ensures a fine and stable head. Now, this is the website for their own company. So this is how they describe their mm. own beer. The scent, slightly malty, a nice touch of alcohol, spicy. <laughs> I've never heard a beer company actually admit that their beer tastes of alcohol before. That's pretty rare. And then flavour feels like the sound shot of alcohol is igniting the mouth. <laughs> In reality, the tongue and palate are warmed. The taste is characterised by its roundness. The aftertaste is strong, long-lasting and dry bitter. They're basically saying this is like having a big, long drink. (laughs) We're not going to say anything else about it. Do you think this bloke's going to like that, though? Well, I think... Do you think he's going to feel that this is a confrontational Yeah, that's that's what I want. I'm going to be staring at him, eyeballing him across the table the whole time. And if I see him um, kind of gasp or gag at any point, I've, I've won. Out of interest, have you ever had to deal with this exact situation? I'm glad you've asked, Remy, because I literally have. <laughs> and I've got Please. quite a good story. To... Are you able to run us yeah, through so it? I've actually been in this situation and when... And, in case anyone's wondering, we didn't prep this. I don't think well, Remy. I may have told Remy about this anecdotally before, but I did have a girlfriend whose father was quite overbearing. He didn't live with the family, so he was he lived in Germany. So he didn't live with the mum and the, the the my girlfriend and the family. But he lived abroad. So I'd been going out with this girl for quite a while at first. I must caveat: it's not the person I'm with now. You know. I haven't seen her in years. This was a long, long time ago. Actually quite a nice beer, but I can see this will get you fucked. Um, no. So anyway, I'm, I've been going out with this, with this girl for a while. What I'm saying is I was used to her family. Yeah. It wasn't a new thing anymore. And then suddenly her, her dad kind of appeared on the scene. He'd come back from Germany or something. And we went into the house and I knew he was coming around. I'd made it, you know, I was like, I'm determined to make a good impression. And as soon as I walked in, I got the distinct impression that nothing I could say or do, this man was not going to like me. <laughs> I, you know, I, I could do no good in front of him, basically. <laughs> this sounds ridiculous, but whenever you see those American sitcom TV shows and the dad is this mm. uptight, not smiling, hates the boyfriend, the boyfriend's up to no good, it was literally yeah. like 
living through one of those. Like I'd try and talk mm. to him quite mm. maturely and have a chat with him. And he was just like, so what are your intentions with my daughter or whatever it was, you know, like, and was he from Northern Ireland as well as being American? <laughs> it, it kind of went off the side there. I noticed that towards the end, but yeah. So sorry, did he actually ask you that question? What are your intentions? I can't remember word for word, but yeah, something along those lines, <laughs> like, how old, how old were you? I mean, I was 18. So I remember one example was I got on quite well with the, the, the brother. And at one point, we were um, he was showing me something on his computer, some like YouTube or something. And I was in his room having a chat with him. And again, he's like two years older than us. I was having a chat with him. The dad came in and was like, oh, sorry, what are you doing? And I was like, oh, I'm just, we're just, and he was like, you're not allowed upstairs in my house. You, 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 you can't be up here get out and i was like what he's like you need to get downstairs you can't be trusted in in the bedrooms and i was like yeah obviously what what do you think was gonna happen you gonna and i was just went downstairs so that was the first time i i ever met him and it was to be perfectly honest it was hard going but Mm. in his defense and kind of Mm. to caveat all that we actually ended up getting on really well and he's actually a really Mm. decent bloke and i kind of i completely understand like when you don't know someone and you're coming into their house, like I get you kind of overprotective. And in the long run, I actually got on really well with him. Interestingly, he bought me my first ever Augustina Hells. I think it generally was. Uh... And he said to me, this is the best beer on earth. And he was an American. He said, I, I, he's lived in Germany for years at this point. He said, this is the best beer in the world. And, you know, you always, and, and it has stuck with me. And it's not just because of that, but genuinely, if you said what beer would you have to, it always comes back to me. That was the beer that we had a beer, uh, we kind of bonded over that beer. Maybe that's why it's got a bit of a. At what point did you rock up with the crate of delirium? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> How is the delirium? Strong, but the interesting thing, obviously, we've drank a couple of quite strong beers on the pod so far. They've always been quite malty. This, if you can see, is very pale. Like if I poured that out, you wouldn't. Mm think there was anything special about that it has got a very strong flavor rem have you had delirium before you know what i've not had delirium i generally am quite wary of the belgian beers because i know they're all quite strong yeah i think there is something to be said for drinking the occasional belgian beer they're very full of you know obviously full of flavor they can be quite nice but they're not the sort of thing you want to get stuck into because it is a downward slope but yeah i think it's not a bad beer i don't know what he'd have made of it so based on everyone's chat mm. related to this would you stick with your choice or pick someone else's so i still stick to my logic probably sticking to his guns purely because jimmy has actually had to deal with the situation before i'm like oh god does that mean does that really highlight my lack of experience mm. do i need to take on that but at the same time you've got to be true to yourself I, also i think it's quite admirable that you really suck at it jim i'll be honest <laughs> really because, well, I find people like that very difficult. Ah, oh, don't get me wrong. I mean, it was difficult, but I could also kind of appreciate where he's coming from. I, I think in all fairness, I, I've thought about it a bit some more. And I think probably Jim probably has the right idea. Outman him. No, no. It, <laughs> uh, okay, I yeah. think well, I'm we've, getting... all got, we've all got different things. So like you've gone yeah. just what you know sticking to your guns i've like tried to pander to it a bit by being like i'm gonna pick this thing that i wouldn't drink but i'm just pandering to what i think whereas jimmy's just gone in balls on the table mm. can you out drink me drinking yeah. this also i guess there's a difference between jimmy's approach in this with the delirium and what actually and, and real life i imagine yeah. at the time he didn't get his fucking cock and balls out <laughs> and say you know what 
this is yeah, me. Yeah, he didn't. We weren't in the bar, and he went, "Oh, have you ever had this Munich beer hells before? Because you'll really like it." And I went, um, <laughs> "And you were like, you're a pussy. fuck off. Give me a whiskey." <laughs> you know, like I didn't. You know, like just start necking bottles of Jaeger whilst making eye contact. So, because that would be psychopathic. To round up then, a quick one. We're not going to go in depth. But what do we think of the beers? Go through our beer. Yeah, what do we think of the beers? Maya, what do you honestly think about 1698? Strong ale. And you know, I'd say 1698 actually goes in a similar category to Old Peculiar. So it'd be interesting which one you prefer. I prefer Old Peculiar. Obviously. <laughs> no dramas. I mean, colour-wise, it's like a completely different colour. Yeah. It's a lot more metallic. I don't, I don't dislike it. I think... I would struggle to drink more than a half of it. It's a bit sharp. Hmm. Not as smooth and nice as the old peculiar. I I wouldn't I probably wouldn't drink it again. Yeah. Jim, how do you feel about yours? Um, the delirium? Yeah, I think it's it's got hasn't got a great flavour to it, but it is um considering it's an eight and a half percent beer, it doesn't not taste too bad at all. I would certainly say, mm. Rem, if you haven't had it before. It's worth going down to your local supermarket and buying a bottle. I think it's £2.50 a bottle. It's worth giving it a try. It's like every, no, not every, you know, it's like the typical Belgian beer, lots of flavour, a lot of punch when you first get it in your mouth. It, it's quite. That's what she yeah, said. It's, it's quite overbearing. <laughs> you know, you really. I think if yeah. you're looking at it, you wouldn't know it was a high percentage. It, you, you taste it, you'd think, ooh, yeah, there's something a bit dodgy about this. Yeah. There'd be no, okay. you know, you couldn't sit down and drink a pint of it without realising what you were doing, I think. Yeah. Mm. Thanks for asking about the landlord, guys. We know you love it. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I love it. It's like citrusy and it's like got good bitterness and it's nice and clear. It's an excellent beer. Again, it's still better on cast with a spigot. I genuinely believe that. Drink it as the makers would wish it. For some reason, it does have its detractors, apparently, but I haven't actually read into why. But until I read into why... You're not going to highlight the failings. <laughs> I don't care. Yeah. No, I don't care. Quite like Timothy Taylor's. More than happy to go to a pub and drink lots and lots of this and eat chips. Interesting that none of us picked a lager. Considering lager yeah. is typically the blokey beer. listening to our conversation about the differences between lager and ale we hope you enjoyed this episode and all the other episodes that you have listened to please remember to follow us over on instagram our handle is at lager tops podcast and subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts we will see you very soon thanks thanks see you later bye, see you later. bye. 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 bye.